Welcome to Movies About. Yes, Movies About. And uh, we're going to do a little holiday edition. And uh, what movie did you watch for the very first time in your life? I was exposed to the film called Home Alone. Mm, for the first time. For the first time, I'd never seen it. Mm -hmm. I had seen it back when it had come out. I was like seven years old, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and when what year did this come out? I forget. This is 1990. It says 1990. Yeah, it says 1990 wow. right there. Wow, so I was like six, seven, yeah. And I was, I was 21. Really? Yeah, and that's why I've never seen this movie. Right. Because when you're a cool no, th leather there was jacket no wearing yeah. dude, and I'm right. 21 years old, there's no effing way, man, I'm going to go see a Macaulay Culkin movie. I mean, there. you know what? When, that's the age when you kind of miss out on a lot of cultural like like movies and stuff like that. Because totally. you're t too busy going to parties and hooking up and just doing drugs like that. That's the age. <laughs> like, I don't I didn't watch any movies when I was in my early 20s. Yeah, I, I was, was clubbing yeah. all the time. I was listening to The Cure and Jane's yeah. Addiction. And I was, you know. Playing drums. That's what I was doing. Is yeah, I was like, nobody has time to go to the movies when they're 21. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think I would see like... Like I an actual I would go movie, see, yeah, movie I would go see movies. Yeah. But I would not see a movie with a kid who's no, got his unless, face, hands on his face. Exactly. Like yeah, this. that there's no reason for any of that to happen. Yeah. Like, but when you're seven years old. When you're seven years old. This was... Okay, so when I was in school, when I was in first grade, if you hadn't seen Home Alone you're you can't sit with anybody like that's how big this movie was like you couldn't yeah. be friends like you well that's have part a of the life. problem is right. you couldn't ignore this movie yeah you it was everywhere yeah and we've talked about this with mm -hmm. other movies if if it's everywhere mm -hmm. i'm not going to be a part of it this right. was my thing with yeah. harry potter too right i had to come around to harry potter about three years ago right because there's no way i was going to see uh -huh. macaulay culkin well, for me, like when something's everywhere, I tend to want to check it out. Like I don't have any aversion towards, you know, popularity like you do. Yeah. Well, I've definitely <laughs> changed my ways on that. Now I kind of yeah. want to see what everybody's yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. But I, when I, I was 21, I'm like, yeah, I can see. You I've got my subculture, man. Yeah. Yeah. You're a very subculture type of person. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get on to the movie. This is directed by Chris Columbus. Mm-hmm who also did the first Harry Potter movie. Yeah. And it was written by John Hughes. And I've seen most John Hughes movies because I'm that age. Uh, so what would be a John Hughes movie? Breakfast Club. Oh, that's Pretty right. in Pink. That's right. Yeah. I'm blanking on my John Hughes knowledge. I mean, 16 Candles. 16 Candles, yeah. Yeah. All the Molly Ringwald movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he wrote it, I guess. Um, and yeah, what did we think of this movie? Uh, for your second time, what did you think of this movie? <laughs> yeah, so I never rewatched this movie because I didn't particularly like it, even as a kid. Oh, yeah? But I had to pretend to like it because it was so popular. Every, it was such a big deal. It was such a big deal. I know. But it, especially when you're seven years old. I can imagine, yeah. yeah. And so um, I kind of had to pretend that I thought, but I've never been one to appreciate slapstick what is it called slapstick comedy? This was very heavy-handed slapstick. Yeah. I never really got it. Like, I don't, even as a kid, I never thought that somebody falling down was funny. The pratfall. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I missed that. 
like, but I just That's never definitely bought... something from my generation in the 1990s. Maybe, but... I mean, there was uh, Kramer from Seinfeld. He, mm-hmm. he, he's the slapstick kind of character. Right. There was a lot of... Sl- there, there was um, Three's Company with John Ritter. Uh-huh. I remember that. Yeah. So yeah. he was slapstick. I th- kind yeah. of. He did a lot of pratfalls and that right. sort of physical comedy. Yeah. yeah. And but Jerry I was, Lewis, I think, was part of that. Yeah. I was never really into that kind of thing. I also, like, um, it was so far... The, the world depicted in this movie was so far from where I lived and where what I'm about. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I joked to you while I was watching this movie that... <laughs> I legitimately thought that all white people lived in large houses and went to vacations in Paris flying first class. Like, I legitimately thought that all white people lived like the McAllisters Mm -hmm. because I lived in a Dominican neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In New York. Yeah. And everybody, like, was in a two bedroom. (laughs) Nobody went anywhere. Everybody went, everybody's parents spoke a different language. Yeah. (laughs) So this was like, Oh, okay, yeah, okay, this may be a big deal to this family, but also, like, we didn't even have babysitters. I don't know, it was such (laughs) a, it was was very hard for me to kind of understand, right? Yeah, well, this, it's Um, kind of, it was kind of an idealized version, I think, for for the cinema, yeah. Yes, that being said, my second viewing of this was, I, there were so many things that I noticed that were actually funny, Mm -hmm. but as a kid, I never would have noticed them. Like there was a mall Santa who um, appeared in the in the middle of the movie, and he was like cursing and smoking a cigarette. And when Kevin approached him, he like threw the cigarette. Out. That I have to say, that was one of the best. You know, there's this term spear carrier, uh-huh. which is someone who comes on for one scene just to mm-hmm. deliver a couple of lines. Yeah, and that was one of the best spear carrier scenes I've ever seen. That that guy was great. <laughs> was Whoever played funny. that, yeah. That Santa part, and was then there awesome. was an American Airlines, um, yeah, worker teller, yeah, teller at the at the gate, or, you know, the the ticket, yeah, whatever at check in. He was brilliant. His performance was that of a holiday, yes, <laughs> somebody working the holiday shift who had yeah. had enough, but is trying really hard to be polite and patient. Mm-hmm. But like, there's a whole another movie about this guy. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, so, he was great too. Yeah, these are things, details that, are, and then John Candy's little improvised. Shirley yeah, John Candy was weird. We were talking like yeah. that had to be an improvised role. Yeah, which was brilliant. It was really funny. Yeah, it was yeah. really weird. because yeah. he he came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, like two thirds of the way through the movie, he was yeah. there. Um, so it was overall a really weird. I thought it was a really bad movie, even considering that it was made in 1990. But I, you know, what do I know? But, you know, I've seen movies from that time period that were a lot better than this one. But anyway, I thought, but there were two things. One, this movie was such a waste of Joe Pesci. He was a brilliant actor. (laughs) You must have said that five times while we were watching. What a waste of Joe Pesci. Yeah, because he was so good despite this movie being so stupid. And you could still think, you could still see how good of an actor he is. Yeah. Even the slapsticky stuff, like, and you could see, like, how... The director would tell him, like, okay, you need to hold this face for three seconds. There was or, a lot of yeah. hold this face for yeah. three seconds. And he did so it brilliantly. Yeah. And I could see, I could appreciate the professionalism in this actor, in yeah. the actor Joe Pesci in this movie. Um, and this is something that I have, like, as a voice actor, I've come to appreciate a lot when I watch movies. A second thought I had was, 
we totally need a grown up, like a, a 2023 20, or four kind of like modern version, a remake of, yeah. no, a, a re whatever. Reimagining. Reimagining of Home Alone with a grown up Kevin McAllister played by Macaulay Culkin, like a 43 mm-hmm. year old Macaulay Culkin. And he should be in a situation. He should basically be Ethan Hawke's character in The Purge. Okay. And he should booby trap the fuck out of like... Make it violent like a horror movie? Like a really violent... Yeah, Yeah. because Kevin McAllister would have grown up to be a genius psychopath, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, and so we we need that movie, except that Macaulay Culkin doesn't want to work ever again in Mm. acting, which for good reason, you know? He's probably got plenty of money. He says that he lives like a retired person. Oh, yeah. You told me about this. I, I really admire the grown-up he has become, actually. Okay. Because I listened to a podcast with him on it. And mm-hmm. he lives a very... He, he's very wise and very free. Mm. But it, it took him a lot of growing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's his life started so much earlier than most people. Yeah. Right? So that's all I have to say about this movie. How about you? Well, this is my first time seeing it. I was mildly entertained. You were. I had a vision of this movie mm-hmm. in my head that it was two hours of these guys trying to get into a house. Mm-hmm. And he's got these elaborate tricks to foil their ability to get into the house. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was two hours long. Right. So I wasn't expecting this kind of long buildup to what it, what is basically the montage that we would all see later on Entertainment Tonight clips yeah. or whatever, you know. <laughs> Whatever yeah, the yeah. trailer is, know you know, exactly. it kind of, yeah, yeah. you're kind of waiting around for this last 30 minutes to happen. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't expecting that. So there was a lot of, yeah, kind of suburban, upper class-ish, white America, family going away. There was a lot of exposition on, on how this, you know, you've got a um, thing that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that is have this kid home alone fighting off these guys. Right. And there was a lot of exposition and work mm-hmm. to get this kid in this situation that seems realistic. Yes, yes. So there's, you know, the, there's the plane, you know, and, and his passport gets dropped in the in the trash. And then the neighbor kid happened to be there when they did the, the head The neighbor count. kid is there for no reason whatsoever when they're doing the head count. Mm-hmm. They explain that, the you know, the power goes out, so there's no ability to make phone calls. So there's all of these mechanisms you know, which comedy does sometimes, but it, it was really kind of heavy handed and and it's very apparent, you know, for someone like me who studies film, mm. it's like, oh, you're just lining up your yeah. situations to get to this gag at the end. Yeah. So it's a one gag movie and there's oh, a lot of work that has to be done to get yeah. up to this gag. You're right. I don't think it ages particularly well because I think comedy has gone to a different place. Um, right. There was a lot of cuteness with uh kevin with macaulay culkin Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of let's make this kid a movie star kind Mm -hmm. of thing Mm -hmm. and you could tell he was practicing things in the mirror Mm -hmm. i think i said something early on like the script of his dialogue the words were too large for his mouth to exhale that was part of the appeal i think yeah because he said things that no kid eight-year-old kid would say and he kind of has that weird sean connery thing go like would you like to shit next to me kind of yeah he does that's true that's true it's very charming yeah macaulay culkin was exceedingly charming as a kid actor yeah and he became actually like a actual really good actor Mm -hmm. towards um the end of his career i mean his career ended when he was 14 i think okay with a movie called 
Richie Rich. Oh, right. He was Richie yeah. Rich. But he did a movie with Elijah Wood right before that one called The Good Son, where he played a psychopath. Oh. Like a kid psychopath. Okay. It was great. He huh. was amazing in that movie. So you could see like a young Elijah Wood with Macaulay Culkin. In Interesting. Movie. Yeah, two great Kieran actors. Culkin is in this movie. Yes. And he's instantly recognizable. Because he has He looks changed. exactly the same. <laughs> Last I saw him was in, um, oh, what's that show with Brian Cox? Succession. Succession, yeah. yeah. But he looks exactly the same <laughs> as, know, he's as, like five. as a little five-year-old yeah. kid. Yeah. So um, cute. Let's, because we're going to do a short little episode yes. here. I got a question for you. I think we should address mm. the question of, is this a, a Christmas movie? It's absolutely a Christmas I movie. I agree. It is like, it has Christmas beating you in the head. With a, with a stick kind of Christmas Absolutely. Yeah, movie. So what, because this is a big debate, what do you think makes a Christmas movie? I mean, Christmas? Like, yeah, but but can, see, here's my thing. I have, a, I have a way of thinking about Christmas movies. For me, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. It so, takes place on Christmas, so, but there's no Christmas okay. element to the film. All right. So I, we debated this and... Who's we? You and I. Did we? Last year, because... For me, if there's a scene where there's like, there's one scene in the movie that has Christmas in it, then it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm different. I'm different. <laughs> like, so I think Lady and the Tramp is a Christmas movie because it starts with it starts with Lady, Christmas. Lady being a Christmas. Lady is a Christmas gift to yeah. Darling, right? So I, yeah, I will grant you that that is a Christmas movie because yes. it begins and ends, I think, on Christmas, doesn't yes. it? Yes. So there's a so there's a thematic yeah. element. Yeah. But then you, I think, Sleepless in Seattle is a Christmas movie, and then we were watching it, and we were like, wait, this is not a Christmas no. movie. It had one scene. Yeah. That's not a Christmas movie. And then I also said that While You Were Sleeping is a Christmas movie because it had one scene. No, actually, a significant part of that movie took place There was on There were a couple yeah. scenes in that. So last year, we did a Christmas movie marathon, and all of the movies that I suggested were questionable. Yeah, because they had peripheral Christmas yeah. elements. See, but for me, yeah. Die Hard is absolutely a Christmas movie. See, I need... And what made this a Christmas movie was when they were in the church. He was in the church and he meets the old man. Yeah. And the old man shows him that he's not a scary person, that he's right. got his own stuff in life. And it's the holidays and he needs, he want, he would love it if his son came mm -hmm. and he could reunite with him. Christmas movie. This is a Christmas theme of the idea of the relatives being yes. around. And then in this movie for Kevin, he has to realize that he, his family is important to him and family is a Christmas yeah. element. Die Hard. There's no. There's none. There's no element of a of a Christmas narrative thematic. Well, Bruce Willis is wearing a Santa hat at some point. Okay, so there's actually and a technical like, term for this in mm -hmm. cinema. That's that's an icon, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have the narrative element. It's just but an icon. It doesn't matter because I think it's a Christmas movie. Well, sure, of course it's subjective. I'm just making the argument. Well, I, I have no argument and that's my argument. It's just like a Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. But anyway, another Christmas movie. I don't think this is a Christmas movie, but I there was this one year when you suggested The Shining as a Christmas movie. Yeah, I don't know why I did. And we that's watched it together Christmas on Christmas Eve. 
I've never thought of The Shining as a Christmas movie. So it may just be that we watched it on Christmas. Oh, I know what happened. What happened? You were really pissed off that Christmas because you couldn't come to me. Yeah. So I watched that. During the pandemic. Just to make Christmas evil. Yes. Yeah, that's what happened. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for joining me on that. And I had to sit through The Shining, which I think is... Okay, so for me... The scariest movie that I had ever seen had been The Shining for my mm-hmm. entire life. And then I saw Hereditary. I was going to say Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying film. And then, so now Hereditary is the scariest movie I'd ever That's seen. That's a scary fucking yeah. film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is Rosemary's Baby a Christmas movie? <laughs> There's a Christmas scene. Is there a Christmas scene? I think I've so. seen that movie like three times. Yeah, I've, me too. I've studied that movie. But I feel like I... Oh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe you're just thinking New York. Yeah. In the winter. <laughs> like New Year's, maybe. Like, oh, maybe there's yeah, yeah, something there's like that. Yeah, there's a New Year's thing. Because time has to pass because she's pregnant. <laughs> I would definitely not think of that as a Christmas movie. Right. Obviously not. Um, maybe there's something that I'm I'm like thinking about, like the birth of Jesus and the birth of this demon child. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You've got a twisted view yeah, of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I th- but, so are we going to watch the next movie? Uh, it's is, up is it to also you. on Christmas? Yeah. Okay. It's a New York Christmas movie. Oh, it's a movie about places. Yeah. I watched the second one a couple of times, like a few times, because is it better? I think it's better because it's placed. Uh, it's set in New York. Okay. New York is always a good idea. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. And Donald Trump is in it, which I find fascinating. I mean, mm-hmm. So for me, like Donald Trump has always just been like a New York icon to me. Until that's exactly what he was. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he, when you look at literature, like very New York specific, like mm-hmm. things like movies and TV shows and also like things like Sex in the City. So he was a New York icon. So in Home Alone, he was, you know, it's like oh, it's set in New York, and so here's Don- Donald Trump made a cameo. So. I think it's really fascinating to see somebody so polarized when he was such a neutral figure. There's he, something- he was a billionaire Democrat New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's an opportunist yeah. and he figured, <laughs> well, I'm going to tap into this anger that's going on. I, he's To see him in such a harmless context, in a relatively harmless context, is this is what I'm trying to get at. There's a wave of nostalgia. That the I Donald felt. Trump of old? Yeah. Before all of this happened, okay. you know? And I was like, when I saw him in that movie, I was like, you know, he's a, there's a little scene. And it's like, there's something so reassuring about the beginning of the Clinton administration, which is when Home Alone 2 came out. Like, you know, it was like yeah. a very simple time where Bill Clinton was just elected and Macaulay Culkin, Michael Jackson was still alive. Michael Jordan was the MVP. You know, like there was, it was such a weirdly peaceful and it was a glorious time. It was a glorious time. I was was alive and it was a glorious time. Yeah. And there's a weird nostalgia towards that. And it's very, it's a very weird feeling to see Donald Trump in that context. Mm. By the way, you just reminded me of something that's utterly unbelievable in this movie, Home mm-hmm. Alone. Yeah. That within one household, they have a full-sized poster mm-hmm. of Michael Jordan and also a full-sized poster of 
I think it's Isaiah Thomas for the Detroit Pistons. Really? There is no way uh-huh. in hell anybody right. in 1990 has both. Right. I would just like to say that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And with that, maybe uh, maybe we're done. We'll come mm-hmm. back uh, real soon. We'll come back with uh, the second movie or not. Maybe we'll find another movie. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy and Merry holidays. Christmas. Happy holidays.